Well, mamas, I have a treat for you today. Elizabeth Urbanowitz from Foundation Worldview was on the podcast, I think earlier in the year, if not late last year. And we talked about um, teaching truths and having basically how to impart a biblical worldview. But she is back today and I don't do this a lot, but I really wanted to get Elizabeth back to speak around discipline and what the Bible says around discipline. So that is what we are going to get into today. Hey mama, do you want to balance maintaining your home, cooking, cleaning, all the things you have to do as a stay-at-home mum whilst being present with your family? Do you find yourself up late at night scattered thinking about all the things you didn't get done and so need to do tomorrow? Is your greatest desire for your littles to know and love Jesus? Hey, I'm Elise. When I became a mum, I felt overwhelmed and wished that I could just stay on top of everything. I wanted to be there for my family and yet all these things still had to get done. I was worried that I would spend this time too busy and miss it until I found the secret, partnering with God even in our home life. In this podcast, you will find tactical tips for homemaking, help for your low-tox journey as well as biblical parenting so that you will find God's joy and experience His peace in motherhood. Welcome to Wholesome Mama. It's time to go grab your cup of tea, reheat it because you know, and let's get into today's episode. Elizabeth, first of all, thank you so much for coming on again. Thanks so much for having me on again. This is fun. To get started, can you just, for anyone who hasn't listened to the episode with you previously, can you just share, briefly share about you, what you do, and really what led you to starting Foundation Worldview and everything that you're doing through that? Yeah, so I started off my professional career as an elementary educator. I taught uh, grade three in a Christian school in the U.S. and just love teaching, love working with kids. And several years in my teaching experience, I noticed a problem that my students came from homes where their parents wanted them to know and love Jesus. I was giving them a biblically-based education all day long, and they were mostly involved in church, but they were still rapidly absorbing ideas from the culture without any questions. So that just led me on a long journey of looking at, okay, what can I do to help solve this problem? And as I created resources for the students in my classroom, it eventually led me to leave teaching to start a company that creates resources for parents and for Christian schools and for churches to implement with children to help them understand that Christianity is true. Uh, So good. So good. And as I said, you went into a lot more detail around that. And that's basically what we talked about in the previous episode, which I will link in the show notes so people can go back and listen to that. So today we are going to be talking around discipline and it's quite a hot topic, but I think it's one that we particularly as Christian parents and in the world that we're living with, we really need to stop shying away from the more difficult conversations. So thank you for not shying away and coming on and having this conversation with me. So to get us started, can you, does the Bible talk about discipline? Let's start there. What does the Bible say around parenting, discipline, and bringing up children in regards to that? 
Yes. Well, there's multiple places throughout scripture that speak to what we're supposed to do with the children that God has placed in our care. You know, when we look at the beginning of the Old Testament, the books of the law. Now, while those books, you know, were written specifically for the nation of Israel, describing how they were to live, God instructed the people of Israel to instruct their children in his law. And so while that command might not directly apply to us in that we're not the nation of Israel today, it still does apply to us and that we are supposed to teach our children the ways of God. And part of that involves discipline, whether it's a correcting of behavior or a direct teaching of correct behavior. You know, so there's that in the beginning of scripture. Then in the book of Proverbs, there are multiple proverbs about what a parent is supposed to do with a child. You know, that a that a father who does not discipline his child does not love his child. So there's multiple proverbs that talk about that and the need for us to correct our children's behavior. And you know, all of this is rooted back in Genesis 3 in the beginning of scripture that our first parents, Adam and Eve, they disobeyed God and they became sinful. And we now have inherited that sin. And so we are, we are going to need correction ourselves and our children are going to need correction also. And then when you look at the new Testament, um, you know, fathers are told not to embitter their children, you know, that they are supposed to raise them up in the fear and instruction of the Lord, but they're not supposed to embitter them. And then we also have the analogy in the New Testament that God, you know, God is our father, that we are his adoptive children. And it tells us in Hebrews, you know, that if we are not disciplined, we are illegitimate children because God disciplines his children. So the Bible, while the main theme of the Bible is not discipline, it's the main theme of the Bible is not raising children. There is wisdom that is given to us, you know, all throughout scripture that we are to raise our children in the ways of God, to know that they're naturally not going to be bent towards those ways. They're naturally going to be bent towards rebellion as we all are, and that we're going to need to correct them along the way. So discipline is an important part of raising children, according to scripture. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I think starting then having a biblical view as the foundation for, okay, what, why am I doing this? And maybe let's get into that. What would you say is the goal of discipline? Yes. Well, I think we can look at the word discipline and the root of it is disciple. (laughs) And, you know, a disciple is a follower of someone. And so our goal, you know, while we ultimately do not have control over the decisions our children will make once they are adults, our goal while they're still within our homes is that they would become disciples of Jesus. And so our goal in our discipline is that we would be pointing them towards Jesus, that we would be pointing them towards his truth, his goodness. We would be pointing them towards their need for grace, their need for repentance, that it's only, you know, that grace is only found in Jesus. And that ultimately they would see how good God is and how much God loves them and how his, the way he has designed reality, you know, is, is what we actually find in the world. So I would say, you know, just even looking at the word discipline and thinking of the word disciple, that that's our goal. We want our children to be disciples of Jesus. So the goal in discipline is that we're going to be pointing our children towards Jesus. Yeah. I think that for me, I I remember, and I'm going to link the episode that you did on your podcast in the show notes as well, because I remember listening to it and discipline in our house has always been a bit of a my husband and I've never quite seen eye to eye in it like not in a terrible way but just in a like I want to try these ways he wants to try these ways and so and I loved how you brought it back to 
disciple and you look at the word and you're like it is basically the same word as disciple yes (laughs) but then going okay how can I in this moment disciple my child how can I lovingly correct my child to to point him or her to Jesus and that has taken away for me personally it's taken away like when I react instead of responding to my child like you know, and, and three little kids, I react because I'm tired and, you know, but that is on me. But even that, I don't know, it was like a flick, a switch went off and went, that is exactly what the whole goal is to point them to Jesus and to disciple them. Like the great commission is to go and make disciples. That includes our children. Like first and foremost as parents, that is our children. Would you say that there are any thoughts or mindsets that you see Christian parents really struggling with when it comes to discipline? I've kind of shared what I did, but what what do you um, come across? Well, I think similar to what you shared in that, you know, when, when a child is born, it's a, it's a wonderful thing. It's a beautiful gift from God. And it's also very overwhelming, <laughs> you know, that your whole life has just changed. Your body has changed. Your relationship with your spouse has changed, you know, and it's so many changes at one time. And then your children go through these phases. And just as soon as you feel like you have one phase mastered, they move on to the next. And you're like, oh my goodness gracious, like, can I just catch a break here? So I think sometimes parents, like you said, are kind of playing catch up undisciplined. They're just reacting to what their children do rather than being proactive and thinking, okay, you know, I don't know every single situation that we're going to encounter, but I do know what the goal is. Like we've talked about, you know, pointing our kids towards Jesus. And so I think that's one of the the issues is that there hasn't, in, for, in some families, you know, there just hasn't been time that's been taken back to say, okay, what, what is the goal here? What, what goal do we want to accomplish? And also to recognize, I think a lot of times we get very frustrated when our children misbehave and rightly so, um, you know, it is frustrating when they, when they do that. But I think if we change our expectations to actually know, you know what, my children are going to misbehave and they're going to misbehave a lot because they are sinful and not to just throw up our hands and say, oh, well, they're going to misbehave, but to say, I need to expect these interruptions in my day, because that's, I know for as a classroom teacher, that was something I had to change in my mind shift or had to, you know, had a mindset shift because I would get so frustrated when my students would misbehave. Cause I'm like, I have these plans in my lesson plan book. And when they misbehave, I can't get through these lesson plans. And this is not how, you know, like I intended for my day to go where I had to have this shift and saying, you know what? Part of my job as a teacher is to disciple these children. And so when these behavior issues come up, even though, yes, it is frustrating for me because my plans are not being carried out, that I have to view this as an opportunity to correct my students and to show them their sin and ultimately point them to Jesus. Now, is that, was that done perfectly? Absolutely not because I'm a sinner. And so I want things to go my way. Um, You know, so I had to be really consistent in, you know, teaching that to myself, but that's, I think one, one issue that, that there is sometimes with parenting and that in discipline that there just hasn't been intentional time to think through, okay, how are we going to do this? What's the goal there? Um, and then I don't know, I don't know if it's the same in Australia, but I know one thing that I see in the United States a lot, especially among Christian parents is just talking about, well, we have to give them grace. We have to give them grace. We have to give them grace. And, 
you know, when we think about what grace is, I think sometimes we don't understand it. We think it's kind of like this free pass where God's like, oh, it's not that big a deal. You know what? It'll just be okay. We're no, no, no. That's not what it is. Grace is God's full wrath toward our sin poured out on his son that Jesus paid a high, the highest price tag so that we could receive grace. So it's not God turning a blind eye toward our sin. It's Jesus taking that punishment for us. And once we're brought into God's family, does God continue to give us grace? Yes. And he also disciplines us. And so when we think, you know, the initial receiving of God's grace is when we were enemies of God, when we were not his children, where our children, the analogy that they're part of, the biblical analogy is one of sons, you know, when we are already God's sons. And so they were not to say, oh, you know, we're just going to give him grace. We're not going to give him a punishment. It's like, no, they're, they're, they're children. And so therefore they need to be disciplined because as Hebrew says, you know, if we're not disciplined, we're illegitimate children. And so I think that's one mistake I see a lot in the United States of parents just being like, oh, we're going to give them grace where it's like, no, we're, we're not just supposed to give them grace. We're supposed to discipline them so that they see their sin. Yes. We're supposed to reconcile that relationship with them. That's the grace that we're to give them to reconcile that relationship. But we're not supposed to say, oh, we're not going to give a punishment because we're just going to give grace. So that's, those are two things just that, you know, not taking time to actually take a step back and look at what's the goal and how are we going to accomplish it? And then two, just kind of looking at the wrong analogy and not realizing that our children are part of this familial analogy, which involves discipline and consequences for sin. Yeah, that's so true. And I think over here, um, the whole grace, like give them grace, give them grace is really about their emotions and their feelings, which again, Mm. is what we talked about in the last episode that we did was teaching your children that their feelings aren't always truth that yes maybe they're feeling these emotions but you know it doesn't mean that these feelings are the ultimate truth and are right and that that is one thing that a particular style of parenting that we won't we won't need we don't need to go into that (laughs) Um, but really actually um because you know my yes they feel and I make sure that my children are safe when they are angry or whatever but actually those feelings aren't necessarily truth so it is yeah it's very um and you know give them grace and grace is a good thing you know be yeah anyway so so let's get into the question that probably everyone listening to this is asking and that is to do with spanking or smacking or whatever you want to call it can we discipline without doing it? And I know a lot of people will use the rod um, verse in Proverbs, I think it is. Um, but can we discipline? We've talked about the goal of discipline being to point our children to Jesus and to reconcile that relationship. Um, so does does smacking do that? Does smacking do the goal of pointing your child to Jesus and can we discipline without smacking? Yeah. So I think the first part of that is, you know, can spanking or smacking or, you know, giving a pat on the bottom lead to the goal? It can, it's possible for it to lead to the goal. I think it's also very possible for it not to lead to the goal. You know, Mm -hmm. if it's done out of anger, if it's done and the child receives a smack and is never talked to about that, I don't think that that is naturally leading to the goal and pointing them to Jesus. I think probably one of the main 
um, ways in which spanking can be a good thing is with really little children who are too young to reason in that, you know, it shouldn't be done out of anger, but it's just a very tangible physical reminder that, you know, what you have done is wrong. Um, and so I know a lot of times parents argue against that and they're like, but I, but my child isn't supposed to hit. And I'm like, you're right. They're not supposed to hit, but your child is also not supposed to tell your other child to, you know, to, they're not supposed to order their other child around. We have to teach our children that we're the parents. God's given us this authority, not them. And so I think when spanking is done very controlled, you know, for a younger child who can't reason yet. And then there's time to talk through that with them after and say, you know, what you did was wrong. And mommy wants to remind you, or daddy wants to remind you that what you did was wrong, that that was a sin and that we need Jesus's forgiveness for this. You know, then it can, it can meet that goal. And it also, if those things aren't done, it cannot meet the goal. <laughs> and so then can discipline be done without spanking? Absolutely. <laughs> you know, there's so many different ways for us to help our children feel the weight of what they have done, aside from just, you know, giving them a swat on the bottom. And, you know, there's a whole host of things that we can do. Usually what we're seeking to do, if we're seeking to point them to Jesus, that means it's going to have a con, it's going to involve a conversation eventually, because, you know, just taking away a privilege or, you know, giving them some sort of punishment is not going to naturally point them to Jesus. We actually have to bring that in, in the conversation, but we want them in some way to feel the weight of their sin. And so, you know, that can be done. I know a lot of parents like to give time out that can be done through a timeout. It can be done through taking away a privilege. It can be done through a very natural consequence. Like when I was growing up, um, my brother is three years younger than me and he and I would get into physical fights all the time. We just, um, have very opposite personalities and we would get into physical fights all the time. And every time we did, my mom wanted to remind us, that we had taken our hands, which God had given us to do good works for him, and we had used them to hurt one another. And so the punishment would be we'd have to go on the kitchen floor and we have to sit on our hands, you know, <laughs> sit cross-legged on our hands for 15 minutes. And then I actually, it might've been five. I don't remember now as an adult, it felt like 15 <laughs> when, when growing up. And, you know, then my mom would come in and want to have a conversation with us about that. But, you know, anything, you know, a quote unquote, like punishment that fits the crime. You know, if a child has taken something, stolen from thing, something from a sibling, you know, that they have to repay that back, not just give the thing back, but actually, you know, repay them for what they was taken. You know, if they're being very clumsy with something and they're playing with something that you've told them that they shouldn't be playing with and they break that, you know, that they're going to have to, you know, somehow earn the money to have that thing replaced. So I think anything that's helping them feel the weight of their sin in a very realistic way. And then also having the conversation that the conversation is really, really important for two reasons. The first that, you know, we're not uh, actually pointing them to Jesus without actually verbally talking about that, you know, and talking about sin and talking about God's grace. And then the second thing is, is that sin always cuts down relationships. When you, when we look at Genesis three, you know, Adam and Eve ate from the fruit of the tree, and then we immediately see the consequences of relationships cut down. The first thing they did is their relationship with one another was hindered. They, they realized they were naked and they ran and they hid from one another. And then we also see their relationship with God was hindered, that God came 
walking in the garden to talk with them and they ran and hid from him. And then we see that even their relationship with their themselves was hindered in that God asked them what they had done. And rather than confessing and repenting of their sin, they started shifting the blame. And so sin always cuts down relationship. And so when our children sin against us, our relationship with them is cut down. Same as when we sin against them. And so there has to be that time of confession and repentance where we actually talk with our children you know, what did you do? Why did you do that? What was your goal there? Did what you do accomplish the goal? You know, what has happened? And then walking them through, okay, you know, you really, you really need to go to God and you, you know, you need to tell him that you're sorry and ask for forgiveness. And you need to, to do the same to me or your sister or brother, you know, whoever was sending it. So I think that second part, that conversation is really important to point them towards Jesus and to reconcile whatever relationships were broken because of the sin that they committed. Mm, yeah, I love that. I think that was the the three points in your previous episode that I was trying to remember earlier was to <laughs> reconcile the relationship and point them to mm. Jesus. And I think that that is such a, because um, we can get so caught up. I know for me um, and so many other mums that I talk to, we can get so caught up in the how to discipline, like, okay, well, what can I do if we're not like time out, time in, take things away or you make them do this or whatever it is we get so caught up in the how but not actually the why of right like this yeah this is a sin and recognizing you know we're still sinners so it's sinner Mm -hmm. talking to a sinner um but you know and even like my son my daughters are too young to really understand but my son now like when I I lost it and yelled at him the other day and I stopped and I pulled him aside and I said, I'm, I'm so sorry. That was not speaking kindness, mm. you know, and he, the almost relief of like, oh, mummy mm. does wrong things too. And, and she mm. says sorry to me. And like seeing that played out, especially yeah. now he's five. So he, he kind of gets it a lot more now. That's their great. We are their greatest example in those moments. So yeah, not caught in, getting caught up in the how, 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 but the actual why, and then the importance of reconciling that relationship. So what are some of the other things that parents need to t- take into consideration when we are disciplining our children? Well, I think, you know, we've already covered a lot of things and I think really the foundational things, but I think something that you just mentioned that we need to really be on guard for when we sin against our children so that we can model that confession and repentance, because that's really key to, you know, to reconciling the relationship and making sure that we have that open relationship with them. I think um, something else to think through is you know, the goal of discipline is to make disciples. And sometimes we underestimate how often um, we enter discipline situations because we just haven't trained or equipped our children well. You know, there's a difference between our child, um, you know, deliberately disobeying us when we say, you know, like if you throw that food across the the table, you know, you're going to get, you're going to be in bed 30 minutes early. That's, you know, and if they do it, then that's deliberate disobedience versus them, you know, touching something in the store that they shouldn't be touching, you know, and accidentally breaking it. That might not be deliberate disobedience because they just didn't know. So I think one thing we really have to think of is how are we investing time on the front end in training them to actually behave in the way that is expected. You know, 
Um, if we're even just thinking about going to a restaurant with our children, they don't naturally just all the automatically understand how to behave properly in a restaurant. So we can, you know, really just cut off a lot of potential discipline issues at a place like that by actually practicing at home and saying, you know what, we're going to pretend that we're going to a restaurant. And what are some things we have to remember when we're going to a restaurant? Well, you know what, something that we should remember is that there are other families in that restaurant. We're not the only family. So are we going to be talking super loud and yelling and shouting? No, we're not going to. And you know what? The chairs in a restaurant are different than our chairs at home. And so sometimes I might let you stand up on your chair at home, but should we be standing at a chair in a restaurant? No, we shouldn't be. You know what? And then really important that when, you know, that we say thank you to the person who's serving us. You know, so just those three simple rules, you know, we're not going to be yelling and shouting. We're not going to be standing on our chair and we're going to say thank you. And then we can practice that multiple times at home and say, you know what, we're going to go to a restaurant tonight and we're going to get to practice for real. And then, you know, we've just circumnavigated a lot of discipline issues because we've actually practiced that with our children. You know, so if we expect them to treat their siblings in a certain way, that's not only something we should talk with them about, we should actually practice it. You know, we can role play. Okay. So your sister comes in and she just took your toy. She just grabbed your truck out of your hand. How are you going to respond? You know, are you going to like clop around the ear or are you going to come tell me and say, mama, you know, sister took my truck. Can you please come get it from her? So I think if we put in the, the, you know, the really difficult work ahead of time in managing what the expectations are and actually training them in them, I think that we can actually avoid a lot of discipline issues that would come otherwise. Yeah, that's so wise to, you know, for the situations like at the restaurant where you, you don't think, like I've never thought, let's let's role play pretending we're waiting for our meal at the restaurant. It's always when we're there and then going, oh, now I have to entertain. <laughs> so I love that. But even in every aspect of, you know, playing together, sharing, helping each other, things like that is being proactive around around it. So I love that. Well, thank you, Elizabeth, so much for coming back. That has been a jam-packed conversation and I really appreciate you coming on again um, and sharing your wisdom and expertise in in the Bible. And I um I really appreciate yeah you sharing sharing with us. So thank you so much. Oh my pleasure. Thanks so much for having me on again. Well, that wraps up another episode and I pray that you were blessed by today's conversation and really got something out of it for you to take into your motherhood this week. If you did get something out of today's episode, please subscribe, leave a review so I know that you're loving the show. You can also come and chat on Instagram. The handle is at Wholesome Mama. And don't forget, we have a Facebook community too with mums just like you who are in the trenches of mothering littles. So come and join us over there as well. The link for everything is always in the show notes. Have a beautiful week, mum. Be blessed and I will be with you next week.